Well, the word of the Lord today, I love when the Lord speaks directly, when he speaks a word in season. I say it many times that the word of God is always in season. I could just open the Bible any Sunday, right? And we could just read it and be encouraged because there's life in it. Who believes that there's life within the word, right? There's life within that word on any page, even the stuff that seems like is law or outdated, right? Things that we don't really follow as believers, and it's more historical. You know, that's what we kind of categorize that over there is history. And I'll read those things, and it might not be something you want to read all the time, but I'll read them and be encouraged, right? Who has done that many, many times, right? You find nuggets of truth in there, and you say, wow, God, you really know it all, don't you? And so uh, today, though, the Lord has a word for you that I believe is for this moment. It is in season. And he is saying today that he hears. Everybody say, he hears. He sees. He's working. He loves us. And he wants to encourage us and strengthen us. He hears. He sees. He's working. He loves you. He wants to encourage and strengthen you. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to say it again during the sermon too. But he hears, he sees, he's working, he loves you, he wants to encourage and strengthen you. Amen. I want you to turn with me in your Bible, or you can look to the screen, to the book of Daniel. And there are two piggybacked passages, Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel 10, Daniel has a very interesting experience with God, and it has to do with him praying and God answering. Everybody say, Dave, uh, Daniel prayed, and God answered. So it says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, it says, It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. And during the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So he heard the word. He heard a prophecy. He was already in this position. He sought out God what was going on, and he found out why. It's been revealed this is why you're in Babylon. This is the word that Jeremiah prophesied. It came to pass. So verse 3, so I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. And I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. You know why they would do that? To make themselves uncomfortable It's not some sort of penance, right? The world tries to do a penance, you know, and they even do those weird things, you know, the guys with the whips try to beat themselves to earn God's favor. That's not what he was doing. They were making themselves uncomfortable so they'd be reminded, oh, yeah, I need to pray, right? Who's ever said, Lord, I'm going to fast today, and then you're eating something and you go, wait a second, I told the Lord I was fasting today. And so they made themselves uncomfortable and, and in fact, what, when we're fasting, when you get hungry, it's a reminder, oh, yeah, I'm praying today, right? I'm not eating. I feel discomfort. It's a reminder to prayer. So he made himself uncomfortable and devoted himself to the Lord. And verse 17 says, he says, oh, our 
God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead for your own sake, Lord. Smile again on your desolate sanctuary. O oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. As I was praying, verse 21, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained everything to me. He said, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. Now, before I break this down, I want to also read from chapter 10, very similar, and I'd like to preach from these two passages. Daniel 10, verse 1, another instance just like this where it says, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. And he understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future times of war and great hardship. Now, I want to point out immediately on verse 1, and this is um, uh, an amazing point that we should pay attention to. When you're in a position from your past, what's the answer? Prayer. When you're in a position where you can see the future, what's the position? What's the answer? Prayer. It's always the same. It's, there is no other one. There is no other way. I know we know that as believers there's no other way, but who, uh, who is like the rest of us that we still try other ways? I'm not saying you go and you try tarot cards or you're trying, you know, the horoscope or you're, or you're, you know, you're going straight to the world directly, but indirectly we're pooling opinions about a situation. Indirectly, we, we read the word, but we also read Google News, Apple News, hopefully not CNN, but maybe some of that too. And then we put it all together and we formulate a picture and an opinion and an answer. And then we spend a little bit of time in prayer based on that. But the real answer is it's always God. He is the only one who has the true information. Everybody say true information. See, there's lies being told from every angle, even good news groups, okay? I'm a little joke there with CNN, but honestly, all the news groups could be off on some of their information. But who is never off on their information? Our Lord. If I truly want to know what's going on right now in the world, in my life, in my situation, I need to go to the Lord. And here's why. Because if I just look for information, I could get true information that this is what's happening in your life. And it could be true. And yet the Spirit of the Lord says, even though your situation is true, I still want you to stay in it. You understand me? This is why we can go to the Lord and we cannot just get, gather up good 
intel, we must get what the Lord is saying. So the answer is the same, whether it's past, present, or future. I want to know, I want to do it the Lord's way. I want to know why we're in the situation we are. I don't need to argue. I don't need to try to figure out every little detail, but I want to know, okay, this happened, why? Okay, Lord, this is what's going on. Do I just need to deal with it? Do I need to endure? Do I need to repent? Do I just need to pray through it? Or, and then the same thing goes for tomorrow. I want to pray ahead into the future. I want to know your plan and purposes. I don't want to get caught up in my own. Amen. So it says, verse 2, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, right? This is the Daniel fast, which I'm not preaching this to start this today, Jeannie, but... Verse 2, I've been in mourning for three whole weeks. Usually once we do this, then it's like, I've been thinking. Right? Let's start hearing it around the church. I've been thinking. And it says, verse 12, he said to me, Daniel, don't be afraid. Since the first day, see, it's very similar, same thing, from the moment you began. Since the first day you began to pray, three weeks ago, for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 20, verse 13, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Wow. So in Daniel chapter 9 and in Daniel chapter 10, the overview is this. There's an issue. Let's just call it a generic issue in your life personally, in your nation, in your family, etc. I've got a reason to pray, okay? Daniel went to prayer. The Lord heard him the Lord gave him an answer. And it's uh, incredible because the time frame is a little bit different from chapter 9 and to chapter 10. But what I want to point out, and it's going to be, or I'm going to make this a firmer point in a few moments, but just quickly, is that the Lord heard the prayer the moment it was prayed. Even though one answer came quicker than the other, God didn't suddenly hear one prayer later than the other. You know, sometimes we think that. Sometimes we, we think, maybe I didn't pray loud enough. You know, maybe it was, wait a second, I need the right worship song on. Wait a second, maybe I didn't use the right language. We try to, like, pray with, like, more spiritual words, right? Jeannie jokes that one of her neighbors used to talk about the blood of Jesus and add all kinds of adjectives to it to make it, you know, more impacting and more powerful. You know, the warm, gooey, running blood of Jesus. But the blood of Jesus is just as powerful, right? When we say the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over this church and over our families. I don't need to add adjectives to it. The Lord heard it and the enemy heard it instantly. That name Jesus is like a ringing bell. It's like a fire alarm in the spirit world. And when I say it, the enemy goes, oh, they don't matter because they're just using it as in an improper way. 
or and you guys can use your imagination on that or wait a second that's a believer and they just said the name of Jesus and some things are beginning to happen things are shaking in the heavens I want us first to look at this Daniel turned to God it says in not in chapter 9 verse 3 I turned to the Lord the answer is always to turn to the Lord and the specific language here the NLT calls it turn to the Lord your translation is going to say you know something to the tune of how you want to put it in natural English just 2022 English that you stop what you're doing and I made a point to come to God I don't know where that place is maybe that's in your car Maybe that's in, your, in, in a room of your house. Maybe that's in your backyard. But you stopped what you're doing. You took the issue to the Lord. It's a true turning. You know, sometimes we think, who's ever done this before, where you thought you prayed about something, but you actually never did? Anybody ever been there? You're like, I've been praying about it, but I actually didn't pray about it. I thought about it. Now, does that mean God didn't hear your thoughts? Of course he did. I'm not saying that it's like, again, I don't want to get weird, like, you know, you got to pray for X amount of time before the prayer counts, before it, like, clicks in, all right? That's not what I'm trying to say, but there is, like, a thinking about praying and a praying. Who knows the difference without me putting minutes to it, right? We can all identify. And so what happens is, is that if it's just within our heart and we don't actually take the time to like bring it to the Lord specifically, and I'm again, I don't want to assign amount of time, but this is I'm just going to separate time and I'm going to turn aside and bring this thing before you, Lord. It is the key for this hour. It's the key for your situation, and it says that he pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. He made a point, and uh, it doesn't say that he fasted for three weeks in Daniel uh, in Daniel nine. But you notice that he fasted in Daniel 9 and in Daniel 10. So both situations, the prayer was a separation from this world. It's a turning aside from your normal day, your normal situation, even your normal thought life, and making a point to come before the Lord. And it's what we need to do really every single day, not just when the issues arise. And the next thing is, that he says to the Lord, uh, verse 17 says, he said, Oh God, hear your servant's prayer. He says, listen as I plead. Verse 18, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see. He says, see your city. And then he says, uh, verse 19, Oh Lord, hear. And then he says, listen again. He went to the Lord, and he said, listen, 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 listen. He's crying out to God, Lord, do you hear me? He's making sure that the Lord hears him. Now, God heard him the moment we know that he began to pray, because the Bible tells us. But I wanted to also point out that, this, that the heart cry here was that he, again, not only did he just make the point to pray, but that he made a point to tell the Lord, listen, this is you're listening to my mind with gibberish all day, every day, right? The Lord hears every thought, hears every intention. He hears the expressions on your face. The Lord hears them in words. Yes, 
But this is a point where he's, where, and I do this to the Lord all the time. Who's like me? Maybe you're not weird in your mind, but I do that. Lord, don't listen to my mind right now. Because I know, like, I'm in weird doubt, you know, and I'm, I'm working through the situation. Lord, I'm working it out. Don't listen to me right now. Because I know he can hear me just because I'm not in prayer. I know he can hear me. And then I bring it to prayer and I say, Lord, listen to me. I'm not pointing my finger at him, but I want you to listen to. Now, I'm making a point to bring these thoughts into alignment and listen to these specific requests now. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. But it also says he knows your needs and your desires before you even ask them. So there is something between, there's something going on between within your heart and within prayer to a very direct, this, I'm pleading for this thing specifically. I'm not just praying for this nation generally. Lord, I want to pray specifically for our president today. I pray, Lord, you give him wisdom. I'm praying right now. And I pray, Lord, you put counsel around him. I don't care uh, what side people are choosing and who, who he's, what side he says he's on. Lord, you're still God, and I pray you lead this nation through him in Jesus' name. And so he is pleading with the Lord to hear a desperate despair. Lord, listen. And I wonder... Even though Daniel was a man of God, if he did wonder, God, are you listening? Because there was, you know, when you're in a situation or you're looking at such a grim time, I think it is human nature that we wonder, God, I know you've heard me before, but I'm not quite sure you're listening right now because I'm not seeing uh, what I want to see. Now, in, in your deepest parts of you, you know that God hears you, but on the surface parts of you, you're still kind of like, well, are you listening to me? Are you, are, are, do you really hear? Are you really listening to me? And so the, I love that he says it so many times over and over, and I read it in different translations too, and he keeps saying, listen, 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 listen. Lord, stop what you're doing if there's such a thing, God being busy, because he's not. Stop what you're doing, and, and this, is, this is important. And so I love that he did that, and he says, uh, verse 23, it says, Daniel, I want you to hear something. I know you said listen, 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 but I want you to understand something. The moment your heart was set on me, the moment you turned aside and you made a point to pray for your nation, the moment you did that, and the moment your mouth began to plead, it says a command was given. The moment you began praying. Now, does that mean that you don't continue your, your hour-long prayer if that's what you've set aside for the Lord? Of course you do. Does that mean you, you don't pray the whole 21 days and fast if that's what the Lord has put on your heart? Of course you do. But I want you to hear today that the Lord heard you the very first time you cried to him. Even though it seems like it takes sometimes years for the Lord to answer, and we're like, Lord, when are you going to do it? Why aren't you listening to me? Why don't you do? Lord, here's all the reasons why I think this is a good thing for you to do. This makes logical sense. Why wouldn't you want this person saved? 
You need to understand, we're going to get to it in a moment, but there's things happening in the spirit world that are beyond us. But that God has heard you the moment you cried. The moment you began to pray. And, and I just feel like the, the, as this church, I know, you know we're not some big, giant, mega church. I know all of you, so it's not like there's somebody out in this crowd that's going through something that I don't, I'm you know, just so deep. You know, they're going through such a deep, deep issue that I'm unaware of. I know all of you. So maybe it's not uh, some sort of like earth-shattering, crazy thing, but maybe it's someone on the podcast. But I just feel like the Lord wanted us to know today that you're loved. You are loved by the Lord. The Lord loves us so much. He loves us so, so much. You know what he says to him? He says, I'm here to tell you what it was at, at the command because it says, for you are very precious to God. Your translation might says, you are dearly beloved. You are beloved by the Lord. Um. It's interesting because I don't, um, I'm kind of like a, a self person. It's funny. We're all different personalities. I could probably go in the woods and disappear, Dawn can tell you, for like a month long. And I'll come out at the end of the month and be like, oh, yeah, hi, everyone. How's, how's everybody doing again? I could be like self-sufficient. And, and yet uh, there is a deep, deep part of us, whether we are like, self-sufficient as much as we think we are every single one one of us wants to be loved and in fact uh we want to be loved by our parents and the it, the weirdest thing is is even like a person that's been adopted that's been raised by these loving parents their entire life there's like this deep desire to go find you know somebody really had nothing to do with their life but just it was part of their their creation, let's just leave it at that, right? There's something in them that desires to be loved, and we need to know right now that, that really that deep desire within us is because it's the Lord that we're seeking all along, right? We call it the God-shaped hole. But God is saying to us today, I love you more than you could possibly imagine, as much as you're desire and your earthly parents do love you and your spouses love you and your children love you and and all of those things I've given you as a blessing those things and those relationships don't compare to my love for you you are so precious to God so I just wanted us to hear from the Lord today that how precious we are and he says it again into him when he comes to him in chapter 10 a whole different situation he tells Daniel again he says Daniel I just want to tell you Daniel 10 verse 11 how precious you are to God. And then he says in verse 19, he says, Don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. Be encouraged. And it says, As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 34, who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? 
Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Wow, that's quite a list. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons. Your translation you know, might give a little bit different description here. The point is that the seen and the unseen, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The moment we pray, not only does he hear you, but he responds with, firstly, I just want to tell you, before we talk about what I'm here to say, I want you to know something. I care. I care about your situation. Don't think I don't care. Sometimes I'll be like, the Lord doesn't care about that. Just, you know, within my, I'm not saying I'll say that to somebody, but, you know, in, your, in the surface part of you, the deep parts of me, again, I come before the Lord. I'm like, of course he cares. He cares about every little detail. But the surface part of me, the human part of me says, God doesn't care about that. And the reality is that he does care about every single detail. He loves us so much. And in fact, it says in Revelation 21, verse 1, he says, I saw the new heaven and the new earth and the old's passed away. Verse 2, I see new Jerusalem coming down and it's beautiful and it's a bride for her husband. That's us, the church. In verse 3, it says, And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And verse 4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Do you think that they have tears that they're going to heaven? Do you think that they have tears that they're dead? No. It says there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. It's a direct response to the Lord saying, I saw every single tear you cried, every single low point, every single injustice that was done to you, every single time, and I'm redeeming back every single one of those tears. Every time you cried to me and felt like I didn't answer you, I was working within the spirit world to do something you can't even understand. I saw it, and all of it has been wiped away for new. I made all things new. Amen. In fact, he goes on and says, he says over and over and over again how he sees us, how he sees everything. I want you just, I want to read just several verses here. It says in Matthew 10, verse 29, it says, What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. He's basically saying it's almost free. The sparrows, you know, I mean, He's pointing out copper was just like it is today. Obviously, that's the lowest value of the, of the metals. 
uh, in money, and uh, it says it was it was uh, one coin for two sparrows. But he says verse twenty nine. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. These are verses we know, but what he's saying is, is that he says, you think I don't know? You think I don't understand? I want you to know. I love you. I've, I see you. I've seen the tears that weren't even prayers because you couldn't even pray because you were just weeping. I see it all. I see the heartache. I see your struggles. I see you, you struggling to overcome, to get through. I see it all. I want you to understand something the Lord says. He says that not even a single sparrow falls to the ground. They're worthless to this world. There's so many, so abundant and so cheap. That's the whole point. It's cheap. They're so cheap, and yet I don't even miss one of them falling to the ground. Verse 30 says, and your very hairs are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are, are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. The Lord's saying, I see it. I've seen it. Not a single meaningless thing goes unnoticed. Not a single thing that we might brush off as meaningless, as no big deal. You know, sometimes we're like, when we're complaining about an issue to somebody, I'm not talking about um, gossiping or talking about just complaining in a, in a way that is ungrateful to God. I don't mean that. I just mean like, you know, you've got an issue and you need to talk to somebody and you're unloading and you say this, I feel bad even saying this. I feel like dumb. I feel like I'm, it's not even a big deal. But you know, when you're going through it, when you're dealing with it, it is a big deal, right? It's hard to explain and it sounds silly and it sounds like I can't believe I'm complaining about this, but when you're in it, you're in it. Right? When you're under it, you're under it. And you know what? The Lord says, I want you to see something, that the things that are meaningless to the rest of the world, I have noticed it. And who's encouraged by that? The Lord is seeing it. Right? Amen. It says in Proverbs 15.3, it says, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Hebrews 4.13. Thanks, Mariah, for keeping up with me. Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. We're all human. We all love the Lord in this room, maybe listening on the podcast, that uh, we, we love your believer, you love the Lord. But you can't help your human nature of thinking sometimes that, that there's like an iron heaven over me, that God's just not hearing me, right? It, eventually, you push through, you keep praying, you keep praying, we keep believing. But sometimes we think, man, God, when are you going to do it? When are you going to heal me? When are you going to bring breakthrough? When is this person going to get saved? Like, when's it going to happen? Do you even hear me? And that's the human nature that we overcome, and we, we get back into the spirit part of us, right? And we just keep believing. And we need to know today, and the Lord's reminding us, that he sees it. Everything is naked and exposed. I'm fully aware, God says, of the entire situation. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm working it out.
So it says in Psalm 33, 13, another verse here. I could just go through so many, but I just wanted to read a few. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. It says, uh, what joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees everyone. Verse 14 says, from his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He understands everything they do. Verse 16, the best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory for all its strength cannot save you. But the Lord, verse 18, watches. This is what it says. It says, the Lord watches over. Who in this room fears God? You know what that means to fear the Lord, right? We're not almost so afraid. Right? That's not the type of fear. This is an honor and respect, just like you would give to, you know, you're shaking hands with a president, and there's a respect there, right? Or your father, right? There's a respect for your father, hopefully. This is the type of fear we're talking about, and, and so we, we honor God, we respect God, we know who he is, he's God, and I'm man, right? And so there's a respect there. And the Bible says he watches over us. The Lord watches over us, those who rely on his unfailing love. And I know that's like, man, this is like, we should just be in children's church right now. It's so, so simple. But I think we need to be reminded the Lord is watching over us. Because we all say, Lord, I trust you. Then the next breath, I'm worried. Lord, I trust you. The next breath, I'm afraid. Lord, I trust you. The next breath, it's like, what am I going to do? You need to hear it from the Lord today. I'm watching over you. And he's not saying it with an attitude just because maybe it sounded like I did. He's not. I'm watching over you. I watch over everything. I've seen it. I've seen every single thing. In the meantime, and again, I keep getting ahead of myself, but that's okay because time's ticking anyway, but I'm working on something bigger than you can understand, and believe me, it's the Lord speaking, believe me, when this all irons out, not only will I answer your prayer, I'm going to answer a hundred other ones you didn't even pray. Who has seen the Lord do that? Who's thankful the Lord didn't answer a prayer? Anybody thankful the Lord did not answer your prayer because then he answered it in a much bigger, greater way in the right time and purpose. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 7, right? We love this verse. Cast all your cares, right? The uh, Amplified says, uh, it says, give to God all your anxieties. It says, give to God all your anxieties. Give him all your worries. Give him all your concerns once and for all. It says, cast it all on him. The Lord says, bring it to me. He says, come to me, all who are weary, right? And I will give you rest. Bring it to me. It's not too heavy for me to bear. When you feel like you're bearing it on yourself, then give it to me. I can carry it. He says, for he cares for you so give him everything because he cares for you 
the language here really can't even express his love. Remember, Jesus did not need to die. We think of Jesus as, as needing to do it. He did it because of his love. And we know it was a choice because he argues with God, right? Is there another way? Three times he prays, Lord, is there another way? And he made the choice because he knew that we needed to be rescued. Amen. And that's how much he loves us. That's the love he's talking about. So he says, you're not giving it all to me. I love the Amplified here. I, I think this should be reprinted in every Bible because I love the description here. All your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, because I love you so much and I'm watching. I'm watching. So we need to know, it says that he hears us. It says, again, I just want to review this here again in 9, verse 23. The moment you began praying, a command was giving, uh, given. And in chapter 10, verse 12, he says, since the first day you began to pray for understanding, it says, I have come and answered to your prayer. I heard it. I saw it. I hear you. I love you. It says in Psalm 34, verse 15, it says, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. So no matter you, if you think God's listening or not, who believes the word over your feelings, right? The word of God is greater than what you think, than what you feel, and it says his ears are open to their cries. Proverbs 15, 29 the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Isaiah 65, verse 24, I will answer them before they even call to me. <laughs> See, this is the thing. This is what I said last week. I love, we were looking at how Elisha told his servant, look again, take another look, right? Because he looked and he saw in the natural and then he prays over him. He turns around and he looks again, and now there's angels there. And he says, there's more with us than there are against us. There's more for us than there are against us. So um, what we need to understand is that when we come to God and pray, God, in his infinite wisdom, already knows this is the moment when they're going to really pray. God already knows beforehand. It's been swirling around in their heart. But this moment's coming where they're going to really pray. And I'm already preparing the answer before they even do it. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? I, I, can, I, have, I remember Dawn and I were in like a desperate place in our young marriage, you know, young kids, with kids, and you're trying to run a business. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. It was just, you know, the market was crashing. This is now, we're in like a new one now. This is like 14, 15 years ago. And I went out on my back uh, swing, like Jeannie has her prayer swing. So I got a prayer swing because they work. I had seen her use it and it works. So I was like, I need a prayer swing. Got a prayer swing. And that's where I went to. Well, while I'm praying, a management company calls and they say to me, hey, 
we want you to go do the gutters at such and such a place. And I said, okay, I'm excited because I was just praying. I literally, my prayer was, Lord, what are we going to do? And I said, which one? And they go, all of them. I said, all of them on which building? All the buildings. It was like a $30,000 job. And the thing is, do you think that the, do you think that the board meeting convened? You think I sat down to pray and the Lord's like, oh, quickly, get the board together. We need to get the board together and the money to get. Do you realize that how much had to happen? But I'm telling you, the moment I sat down to pray and I said, Lord, and I looked up and my phone started ringing. The Lord already had the answer in the works before I even did. This was the heart cry. Obviously, he knew I'd been praying about it. But do you understand what I'm saying? Who knows what I'm talking about? There's like a point where you're in neutral. You put it in first gear. Who's ever driven a standard? Or I call this putting it in second gear, right? Who knows the difference from first gear to second gear? All right, first gear, right? It's meant just to like get you going. But I mean, you put that thing into second gear and now we're moving. And there's a point when you get to the Lord where you put that into second gear and we're beginning to shift now. We're beginning to drive here. And you can't really manufacture that. It just has to happen. You just, your heart has to begin to kind of, it gets, starts getting restless. The world, the pressures start becoming greater. There's a point where I can't make you do it and you can't make yourself do it, but there's like this moment where everything else needs to just stop and I have to pray and I've got to seek the Lord. And the moment you do that, I love that it says that I'm going to give them an answer before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. I actually watched this scripture happen in real time. Psalm 18, verse 6 says, In my distress, I cried to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. The Lord is with us. He hears us. He loves us. And then finally, he's working. That's what it says. It says, chapter 10, verse 12 it says, don't be afraid, Daniel. It says, don't be afraid. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding, to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I've come to answer your prayer. But there was a time that the even though the answer was instant in heaven, everybody say, my answer was already. I want to say it again. Was already done on the cross 2,000 years ago. Time is just catching up. You realize the Lord said that in heaven it was instant, but in your time there was something happening in the spiritual world. There are things that are shaking and moving and turning, and the Lord is doing things, right? We just need to let the Lord do that. In the meantime, we don't stop praying. We don't stop believing. 
If you're in a situation where you've been asking the Lord and believing, the worst thing we can do now, and this is not a condemnation, I, but I still have to tell you the truth, it's still the worst thing, even though I'm not condemning you, is to doubt now. It's like the Lord's taken us this far. He's not going to abandon me now, right? It'd be like being lost out at sea. You ready for this? And you have not eaten or drank anything for 10 days, which is beyond really what your, your body should be able and you're going to die. And here comes a rescue ship, and you're like, you know what, I, I, I can see it, but you know how long it's going to take for them to get to me? I can kind of see it on the horizon, but I think, like, I'm gauging that's, like, at least five miles. I mean, it's going to take some time. I'm not going to make it. And I think that's what happens sometimes and why we need to just continue to believe. In fact, that's what the devil will try to do, is he'll try to make you feel like right before the Lord's about to bring your victory that it's hopeless, that there's no answer coming, there's no hope, you're never going to get better, nothing's ever going to change in your situation. And you need to understand this, the Lord heard you the moment you began to pray and has an answer for you. It's just in the works. It's moving through the spiritual world into our natural world. In fact, one time I had a dream, I actually got to see this in a dream form, and I saw this like golden box, and it was moving from heaven down to the earth, and I wasn't, I knew my word, but I wouldn't say that I was like, oh, this is Daniel, like when I had this dream. It wasn't like I had this in my mind, but I saw it moving down to the earth, but it was taking time, and it was like slow, and, and in the dream, the Lord said to me, this is the answer to your prayer. But the fact was that it was already given and sealed and done, but it was still moving towards me. There was still a process to get to, you know, where I stand in this, in this natural world. Amen? So we need to understand this. Ephesians 6 says it's not flesh and blood, but there's spiritual places, right? There's, there's things going on. Ephesians 6, you know the verses just for time. But that, that we continue just to pray and believe, and uh, that the Lord is coming to strengthen us. He says, verse 19 of chapter 10, he said, you're precious to God, peace. See, this is the Lord. The Lord wants to bring peace. And this must have been Jesus, too. A lot of people believe this was a Christophany. This was Jesus himself. There was angels coming, but Jesus himself shows up here because it's the exact language that Jesus we see in the New Testament as well. He says, peace be with you, right? Be encouraged, be strong. And it says, as he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. We just need to rest in that. We need to rest in the, the Lord is doing it and let him do it. Amen. Amen. We just thank you, God, for this word. I thank you, Lord, that you spoke to Daniel, and you're speaking to us. I thank you, Lord, that you heard his cry, and you hear our cries. And I pray, God, that every single situation, Lord, in this church and in this nation right now, Lord, that you, your people are praying and they're believing for a change. I thank you, God, that you're already doing it. In fact, Lord, we're going to continue to step into a greater faith that you've already done it. 
We just haven't received it yet, but you've already done it. It's already finished. It's already done on the cross. We just give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you.